welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. We're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is J.K. Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Sue. Welcome to Pottercast 155. 555. Okay. <laughs> it's the musical cast, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Pottercast yeah. 155, where we 155. sing. Because 155. Everybody, because everybody failed the audition process to replace Melissa this week. <laughs> we are here. No, we had many Aww. applications, too, but no one compares No to one Melissa. could do it. No you one know, can. E- even Moochka tried out, but... She did. Know, she did. She, she threatened to cut us and send the bash yeah. list on us, but Which was said no. Gesture. No, Mushka. No. No. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No means no, Mushka. <laughs> anyway, uh, Pam, I'm here. This Pam, is Pam, John Pam. Noe here with uh, the lovely Sue. Hello. And the, uh, the lovely Frack. <laughs> I'm quite lovely. <laughs> He's a lovely man. Uh, and we are here <laughs> with Pottercast 155, and we have a fun show this week. Actually, this is a massive Phoenix Files show. It is. We have it's the pretty higher battle. For you, as with our second to last ever Phoenix file, we have lots of news this week, including some highlights from Joe's amazing, awesome commencement speech at <gasps> Harvard University the other day. Yes, marvelous. So that will be cool too. Uh, so, without any further screwing around, mm-hmm. should we jump into the news? Yes, our our lovely Miss Joe. For those of you who do not know, gave the commencement address at Harvard University this past week on June fifth. And it was a very moving, very inspiring speech. Um, um, in the morning, Joe received her um, honorary degree, and I think a letter, doctorate of letters, I think is what it was she got. And then in the afternoon, um, Joe gave the uh, commencement speech, which is a very famous honor. Um, and uh, in the speech, she spoke about two things. She spoke about failure and imagination. And you might think to yourself, well, now how is that a good thing to give to, to graduating students who are about to make their way onto the world? But Joe, in the course of the speech, really talked about how failure and it, it can influence your life and the actions that you, as you go through your life. Um, Joe spoke during her thing about, you know, her failures and her struggles as as a single mother before she achieved her extraordinary successes with uh, the Harry Potter books. And she talked about, first time as I can recall, her speaking about um, Amnesty International. And, and I mean, she's obviously talked about it before, but she spoke very movingly about an, um, an event that happened to her and uh, and how that can yeah. influence your life. And that was just, but then, and then, then the power of imagination. It was just... I don't know. It's one of the best speeches I think I've heard in a long time, and if mm. if not one of the best commencement speeches I've ever heard. But that was brilliant. What you guys think? Yeah, it's just it's just something about listening to her talk and just reading. I mean, I was I, I read the transcript of it first, and then I went and listened to it. Mm-hmm. But it's just she just totally has this amazing way with words, and I couldn't help but think on the funny idea as I was sitting there reading that, and also having the CNN on in the background listening to everybody trying to give their speeches to campaign for president. Like, could you imagine if she campaigned for somebody? Just how, how more, how, like, she's ten times more eloquent with her words than any politician we have running right now. Yeah, her vocabulary, is, it's just amazing. Just the words yeah. she chooses and 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, she, you know, she takes things. I mean, she referenced only very slightly um, Harry Potter books. I mean, she made a joke at the beginning, and there was a big, you know, <laughs> yeah. oh, she referenced the. Mr. Dumbledore, and and then, uh, but then she, but I thought this line really, really stayed with me. It said, "We do not need magic to change the world. We all carry the power we need inside ourselves already. We have the power to imagine better." And that's hmm. just, I. There's so many great quotes that Joe Joe said uh, that you could I, people everywhere already writing them down and just taking them to heart. But I just, you know, that's yeah. what the real magic is: is what you can do with your own imagination, and you can overcome and I, you know for me when i remember when i was graduating and sitting there i mean i can't remember either either of my graduating you know that i heard yeah. you know either one yeah. no sorry <laughs> and uh well mine was only three years ago i still have a hard time reflecting back at what it was mm-hmm. oops <laughs> i think i'm actually graduating like next week or something oh, you're walking no Are i'm you? not i'm not even going <laughs> actually for some i don't know why i'm not i'm really gonna be in town but um <laughs> Random. I guess I will definitely not remember what the person said of my graduation. You, you can't go or you don't want to go? Uh, I, it's it's going to be a very small okay, thing. Yeah. The answer I'm so. looking for is you can't go because if you say you don't want to go, I'm going to lecture you. So uh, I don't know if you want to hear me A little bit of both. Jonathan. Now you're, t- now you're just opening up me up to emails on it too. So <laughs> Anyway, Joe, let's, let's pause here and play a few highlights from that uh, amazing speech. The first thing I would like to say is thank you. Not only has Harvard given me an extraordinary honor, but the weeks of fear and nausea I have endured (laughs) at the thought of giving this commencement address have made me lose weight. A win-win situation. Now all I have to do is take deep breaths, squint at the red banners, and convince myself that I am at the world's largest Gryffindor reunion. (laughs) Delivering a commencement address is a great responsibility, or so I thought, until I cast my mind back to my own graduation. The commencement speaker that day was the distinguished British philosopher, Baroness Mary Warnock. Reflecting on her speech has helped me enormously in writing this one, because it turns out that I can't remember a single word she said. (laughs) This liberating discovery enables me to proceed without any fear that I might inadvertently influence you (laughs) to abandon promising careers in business, the law, or politics for the giddy delights of becoming a gay wizard. (laughs) You see, If all you remember in years to come is the gay wizard joke, I've come out ahead of Baroness Mary Warnock. Achievable goals, the first step to self-improvement. One of the many things I learned at the end of that classics corridor, down which I ventured at the age of 18, in search of something I could not then define, was this, written by the Greek author Plutarch. What we achieve inwardly, 
will change outer reality. That is an astonishing statement and yet proven a thousand times every day of our lives. It expresses in part our inescapable connection with the outside world, the fact that we touch other people's lives simply by existing. But how much more are you, Harvard graduates of 2008, likely to touch other people's lives? Your intelligence, your capacity for hard work, the education you have earned and received give you unique, unique status and unique responsibilities. Even your nationality sets you apart. The great majority of you belong to the world's only remaining superpower. The way you vote, the way you live, the way you protest, the pressure you bring to bear on your government has an impact way beyond your borders. That is your privilege and your burden. If you choose to use your status and influence to raise your voice on behalf of those who have no voice, if you choose to identify not only with the powerful but with the powerless, if you retain the ability to imagine yourself into the lives of those who do not have your advantages, then it will not only be your proud families who celebrate your existence, but thousands and millions of people whose reality you have helped change. We do not need magic to transform our world. We carry all the power we need inside ourselves already. We have the power to imagine better. Yeah, and to, to hear the rest of that, to hear more of that and to watch the speech, actually, we have it in our leaky video galleries mm -hmm. as well and um, the transcript provided by the harvardmagazine.com. You can get links to all that stuff in the show notes. And on, on leaky, this past week has been doing an amazing job covering all of this yeah. thanks to sue and edward and Kristen and everybody posting news and all that stuff yes thank you very much I, very good work it's just so i mean when she you know when you think when we get involved um and in that you're reading these books and you know all these many years ago and you get into involved in these these series and you never thought that joe probably she never thought in her mind that she would ever be delivering such a speech i mean because th these speeches these commencement exercises are a big deal and the ones at harvard are, i mean they've, they've had people like bill gates you know i mean Adam, madeline albright oh, i mean yeah. just some extraordinary people that have given these these you know speeches before and then now here she is and i can't even imagine what that was must have been like for her to stand up and realize that you know it's just another i mean all of the amazing successes that she's had i mean, I, I just think that must have been overwhelming i would love to hear her thoughts on what it was like for her to be wow i get to do this too you know <laughs> i mean she must be getting to a point where it's like what honor to receive is intimidating yeah i mean i think she said she was quite nervous about yeah. this one certainly but it's like where where now from here i mean she's done stuff with like the queen and everything yeah, i mean and it's like Oh. Yeah, I mean, she's had she's had like you know planets. She's had a dinosaur named after her. I mean, she's, she's you know, That's right. <laughs> you know from the she's gonna, <laughs> what? No, no. Oh. I mean, it's not you know. She's a Draco Rex. It's a dinosaur from another planet with a doctor. You think? We will probably this time next year she'll be speaking at like the UN for something about the importance of imagination and global diplomacy. Well, you know, they could certainly use it, couldn't they? Now, I mean, <laughs> for real. She's talking about, you know, one of her lines, she was talking about empowering yourselves and, you, you know, those who think negatively about creating monsters, you know. I think that can certainly apply yeah. in any, any facet of our lives. And I just, you know, so it's, you know, what's that? This is so random. I don't even know why I'm doing this to you guys. Do you think that there is, is the Wizengamot 
that's strictly that's strictly England, right? Do you think that there is like a a, U, a UN for uh, for the Wizarding World? I think so. They 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 dealt with foreign governments in the book in book four with the, with the the Quidditch World Cup. So I imagine there's some yeah. sort of organization to organize that a little bit. I always thought that we'd have, like in book seven, there would be Dumbledore appealing. Well, not Dumbledore, obviously. Maybe book six or at that point, <laughs> Dumbledore, when <laughs> he was still alive. <laughs> he would be wanting to appeal to all of the other, you know, wizarding countries and be like, this threat is very real. It's bigger than just England. If he takes us, I'll take you next. And, you know, have all, like, the leaders come together and have Dumbledore be, like, in this world stage. But I wonder if if there even is something like that or if everybody's kind of uh, on their own and, like, how wizard tournaments are unique in that they bring countries together. Um, actually, can I just say this about? But I just think that there. I think we talked about this once in canon conundrums and early canon conundrums about um there being a wizard game. And we thought there might have been. I mean, there had to have been some sort of magical international magical cooperation. So you know, for the Quidditch World Cup. So certainly there. Yeah. You know, I think it would. That would be interested. Uh, interested that would be kind of cool. That. You know? you know, it's funny. It was something Joe said in her speech. Another thing that I wasn't thinking of mm-hmm. is the idea of reunions, class reunions. And she said maybe she's at the largest Gryffindor reunion. Now, like, oh, I wonder if that she was on her mind to uh, for if the students had reunions. That would be awesome. Uh, that'd be a fun little short story. Yeah. That'd be a fun Just little short the little Harry's class have a reunion and talk about things and then having to, like, something goes wrong at the castle and... Harry and Hermione and Ron have to figure out what it was. And all right, Peeves uh, oh, ruining it. Well, Fluffy all along. It was like Fluffy I- stole the third <laughs> corridor. You like, think oh, Fluffy's no. still around? Yeah. Twenty years later, we forgot about Fluffy. No, <laughs> John. Ew. That's our fan art challenge for the week, guys. Drugs. No. We had a fluffy skeleton in the third corridor. That is disgusting. No, we are not having that. No. It's so sad. They are not. They do not. Yeah, John, that's a horrible idea. It is. John. Boo. Boo. Boo for John. All right. So, yes, as John noted, the, the speech, you can watch it on Leaky, and we have great text and read it and, and enjoy it. It's marvelous, marvelous speech. Cool. All right. Is there any other news, uh, big news this week? A little news? Well, I mean, there there is there is little news, but it's kind of actually kind of a new news. Um, Dan Radcliffe oh, wait, and um, Richard Griffiths are going Radcliffe. to be presenting at the Tony Awards. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. My I boy Dan, Dan is going to make it clear, Sue. Yes. We don't want to hear any of that nonsense freelance. I mean, let me tell you what. The Tony Awards are a big deal. I, if you're a theater fan, as I know we all are here, and it's just... But for them to be presenting at that, that's going to be... Um, Pretty cool deal, because um, next year, obviously, they could be up for one of those awards. Mr. Griffiths, of course, has, of course, won them. Oh, my gosh. Hey, do they have, do they do, like, performances yeah. for plays? Like, I know, like, they, they do, like, performances for musicals. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it... Do you think, like, Dan could per- end up performing something on stage for Equus? Like, at the Absolutely, Tony, he could. If they were nominated? Absolutely. Absolutely, he could. I don't think he'll be doing it this year. No. I don't think he'll be doing it this year. But next year, I mean, if if he does a good job. Well, yeah, because they're not nominated. Yeah. Or, or, or are they nominated? No, they're not nominated. No, they're just presenting. Like American theater, they're right? just Yeah, they're just presenting this year. But, I mean, next year, when they, when they open... I mean, they will be eligible for next year's awards, and they do do. It depends like on who's producing. Like sometimes they'll they'll vary, but usually they they have like a a dramatic scene as well as the musicals. That's be a wardrobe shift. But, well, I mean, obviously it won't be like the like the the naked part. No, because it has to be shown on just TV. Be like a, <laughs> on a Nielsen's uh, night. It's on CBS, and they're they're Skin not. Skin colored leotard. Then I just 
I think I had like a big giant happy face cover it. <laughs> With the Walmart happy bob up there, Voldemort bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, flashing low prices. <laughs> oh no! Oh Terrible. Anyway. Oh. What else? Um, there is a one more bit of news. Um, speaking of theater, and even though she's um, also a moving actress, but um, Helen McRory, who is a very fine theater actress, is um, playing a narcissist Malfoy in the upcoming Harry Potter and Half Blood Prince. And we heard a new interview with her. It's a new audio interview, and she talks a little bit. Oh, I cut now. Yeah, she's, she's fabulous. She's talking about her clothes again, although we've not seen official outfit of photo of her. <laughs> It's very couture. Couture mouth. <laughs> but she, you know, it's funny. She said working on the Harry Potter films is like a fantastic thing. She's like, it's being, it's like being in Alice in Wonderland. That's a great quote. With her fellow actors. Isn't it though? I think so. Very magical. Very fun. Very cool. So um, other than that, I mean, Joe is the big thing. And then next week, um, of course, a reminder that on June uh, 10th is the auction for the prequel and it'll be online June 11th. So... I'm sure that y'all want to go see that. So uh, you know, a little bit. Oh, heck yeah. How much do you think that's going to go for? Oh, I don't know. They're already talking like five, you know, 5,000 stuff, but I think it'll be, I think it'll probably go for like 50 or, you know, who knows? 50,000 pounds or American uh, dollars? Pounds. So that could be like $100,000. I don't know what it'll go for. I mean, who knows? Who knows? It'll probably go for like, I, I can just see it. I don't know if it'll go that much. I mean, who knows? There's all these kinds of rampant speculation but we won't have a chance we aren't invited to bid on it so you know <laughs> i think it'll go for like 2.6 million pounds you think or whatever bill in the bar to win. Uh, it was like yeah four what a bill in the bar four get? million almost four million so Jeez. yeah i don't i don't know but this is 800 okay. words what that breaks down to though per word that'd be awesome yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting it's kind of like when you go to the supermarket you know? when you like Every, when you look at the tag, it'll be like thirty-five cents an ounce. You look at your tag, and it's like eighty-three dollars a word, I mean, a letter. I'm like, wow. Yeah, a letter. Yeah. Somebody, I forget where I was reading this or seeing this, but somebody called her like a golden goose or something or something. Because just like whenever she wanted, you could lay a golden egg. Like, mm, yeah. Would her write a story on this napkin? <laughs> but what's awesome she is that she she lays golden eggs for charity. Yes, that's the best yeah, part. You know. Amazing. I mean, rock on for dyslexia for people like me who have it. So we love to go on. You go, girl. Um, and one other thing, this is kind of cool. If you live in the UK, you can now get um, Order the Phoenix on iTunes. Um, ah, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, the movie. Not the the movie. Yeah. The uh, and and here in the United States, although I know it's already been here for a while, but you can also now get um, Chamber of Secrets if you already. I mean, that's been out for a couple weeks, but um. Oh, very so. cool. So hopefully more and more and more. I keep hoping, and John, maybe you could talk to your friend Noe Lover 42 and see if she could put a uh, bug in Naturally. Mr. Apple's eyes, her ears, or whatever, to make a Harry Potter iPod with all the audiobooks and all the movies. Ooh. I just want to, like, all that. Ooh. My That's my dream. You know? That you would think? be pretty slick. I remember the old Harry Potter That's what iPod. I, want. I wanted well, it because it. You do? I would love to say, like, what if they had made iPods, like, in house colors? Oh, man, that'd be awesome. And they had, like, a red and gold one or, like, a green and silver. Oh, that'd be so cool. Somebody, does anybody out there like to design that fun stuff? A lot of, a lot of people mock up Apple products yeah. for fun. I wonder if any of our listeners I don't think do that so. kind of thing. They could make up a, mock up a house color I iPod. I that would They so much approve us wrong. That'd be so cool. <laughs> I'm trying to go to but me. But I want to, because, you know, I, 
I named my my iPod the Puff Pod, so the I would love Hufflepuff Pod. Puff Pod. Yeah, Puff Pod. So totally. Whatever it is. I did. No, my 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 house is not a cream puff. We are not a pastry. We are. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Okay, so I better go All because right. I can and just hear Melissa with now. With that, I think <laughs> I think it's time Don't start to again. push on to all of our massive word up. Okay, sound good? That was a little aggressive. <laughs> well, this is the second to last ever Phoenix Files, you guys, so it's probably going to take a while. <gasps> this yeah. is the big, big battle chapter, which was the coolest part of the movie, I do declare. Yes. I, well, we I ended last it. week on Luna telling us how to get there, correct? Yes. What did she was, say, Frankie? We fly, Let's of course. It. We fly, of course. And this was the point in the on theater the when they... Uh, they flash the uh, 3D glasses for everybody to put on. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I know. I'm a little disappointed that we haven't had a 3D release DVD or something. A what? They haven't released the, the 3D stuff on DVD. No, not yet. The home theaters aren't ready oh, for it. Oh, but you know, dude, dude, it's Warner Brothers. They'll milk it at the end when they come oh. out with the box set and the extended version. You know, all that's what coming. If, like, you all just of know it, it was in 3D. No, they, they couldn't do that after the fact. Well, they they made the the 3D that was 3D at the end retroactively. You know, they, they went back and converted it to Did 3D, they? I so they, can they go, shot it. No, there's twice. a couple shots you can tell because her uh, Hermione is um, she's pointing her wand, and yeah. it doesn't have any depth to it. And like, it's one of those things that they go in and manually um, shift the planes. Mm. Oh, it's yeah, a tedious process. You, you have to do it by hand. It's very tedious. Yeah, don't you yeah. have to like recreate background plates and everything. And I don't know. Yeah, I guess you know more of that you're kind moving, of stuff. Uh, Wow, that sucks. So, because you know they're doing that for Half Blood Prince, are they? So they're not going to shoot it like simultaneously. Well, they, now they, they might because it's they'd be smart it was so, to. They'd smart to do that now, just because it was so popular. The 3D was popular yeah. in the in this one, oh, yeah. and that might have been like I an afterthought. I don't they know. They had shot it. They had shot it. Some of it, uh, especially with the two cameras and stuff. I could be wrong. Because that, that was part of the big contention about why Hermione's chest was bigger in the promotional shots, because they were going to, <laughs> they were going to use... <laughs> we are not going there. That was holograms. a terrible poster. Disgraceful. Uh, no, no, no. Disgraceful. They, they were so, going to have hologram Luna, versions of the posters. Holographic. John. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to move on. Okay, can we okay. talk about somebody more important? Jason Isaac. <laughs> oh, he's not even anywhere near here yet. <laughs> oh, okay, shoot. Well, somebody get us there. Okay. All right, well, the rules are riding on the way to They're the ministry. It took like seven hours or something to get there, but the magic of... The magic of Thestrals. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was clever how they flew over London like that. You know, I like that when they did it at the beginning of the movie, when they're flying on the brooms, now we're ending up the movie, they're flying on Thestrals. Yeah, was which is neat, but a, c- a clear violation of magical secrecy laws. <laughs> Pretty much. The whole flying their brooms into the boat. Yeah, like. that was yeah. <laughs> that was ridiculous. From the Houses of Parliament, Big Ben. <laughs> well, you didn't know that when they flew, they were also doing memory charms after they went by. Oh. The guy in the back had to do the memory charms. Were they throwing out pixie dust to erase people's memory on yeah. the side of yeah. the, the brooms? Mm. Do you guys know what pixie dust is? 
Fairy uh, dandruff. Oh. It's what? <laughs> it is not. It is dandruff. Are you I've hanging been, out with John Noe too much, no. Frankie? I'm disappointed you would say that. <laughs> I've been I've been watching the Peter Pan uh, on like loop lately. Don't Which one? The one the. Oh, isn't that a great isn't movie? Isn't he good? I'm in love He's with so that good. movie. I love it. The music, the visuals. Oh, gosh. It's yeah. wonderful. Speaking of visuals, Absolutely. it was cool when they flew over at London. It when was. They landed yeah. in the in the wait. They did they show they them didn't go really in the show um, landing, which would have been complicated. Yeah, I wanted them to say Harry Potter rescue mission. I yeah. love that part in the book. You know? I yeah. really did enjoy the, the when uh, they they went down the elevator and they're all Department of Mysteries and they kind of, it was like this pull out yeah. of them all standing in the middle. That was one of my yeah. favorite shots of the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really so. They're good. running down the deserted work. ministry. There's no security. There's zero. People yeah. stopping them to get into essentially the equivalent of the Capitol or the Pentagon or the White House combined. Right. <laughs> well, I think uh, the Death Eaters probably arranged some of that. Yeah. I you think? I thought that. Just because they lured him over there, so they figured we need to get him in the room because we need to have him remove the prophecy. Sure. So I would but imagine I mean, they could the, put some things in order. The, the ministry officials... Yeah, because you would imagine... They arrived eventually after... The, the orders got there, and like we didn't hear of any like tied up security people. No, but maybe they put like an like a you know like I'm sure there's like like their enchantments like there are around Hogwarts. There must be around the Ministry, so maybe they like to put it like a temporary like oblivion spell on them, or you know like I don't know, just some sort of obscured that that that, that perimeter where they had they were luring yeah. him, you know. Because surely there must, there has to be some other people around. I mean, I just maybe that's what yeah. like all those other people that the, the Death Eaters that were just like elsewhere that suddenly show up after um, Lucius and Bella. Yeah, because in, in the in the book, he has to check his wand and everything, right? Because there are still people there. Yeah. Right. 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 Or is that in the I beginning? Mean, well, no, because the they get. Remember, sure. that's why he gets that badge. He checks in with the lady, and he says, and it says Harry Potter rescue mission. That's the part. Oh, no, that comes out of the, the phone booth. That comes out of the phone booth. Yeah, it comes out but of the phone booth. But I mean, is that just magically? There's so there's nobody there. Yeah. That, no. Yeah. The phone just knows. Just so they're knows. like, they're, doesn't the phone like ask them like, you know, what's your business yeah. or whatever? Your, yeah. You're a safe, serious black. <laughs> what's that line about the book? You can't. I'd never trust a book where you can't see where it keeps his brain. I don't know if I trust yeah, yeah. the phone book. <laughs> the phone booth. Phone booth. <laughs> I don't know what knows. <laughs> Bewitching phone booth. The eighth horth crux. The phone book. <laughs> <laughs> It could be. <laughs> it that killed serious. It killed serious. It did. It is dangerous. Aww. Oh my gosh, Voldemort's coming back through a phone book. <laughs> we better find him. I guess you have to look him up in the phone book and then like scribble his name out to kill it. <laughs> Would that be under Evil Dark Lord or you know, <laughs> the yellow pages under Dark Lord? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> He has like a full page ad out with a big full shot pose in there. I think so. For all your evil Dark Lord needs, call Lord Voldemort. <laughs> one 800 destroy. one 800 Okay, but so no, they're right. They're, that shot in the industry when they pull it back, that's really beautiful. And that beautiful, I mean, that set was beautiful, right, John? You saw that set with oh, the totally. green marble. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was massive. Bigger than anything they've done before. Including the Chamber of Secrets. That was a beautiful was set. Ministry set. Yeah. So I really like the interpretation of, of the ministry. Yeah. 
What's that, Frankie? I said I really liked the how they interpreted the ministry visually. It was yeah. really cool how it was like underground, but it was still like it wasn't yeah. old. It was just it was really very nice yeah. visual. Before we get into the particulars of the scene that is up ahead, I was kind of disappointed that they did not have the planetarian room and the brain room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was looking forward to all that stuff. I wanted to see, like, I really wanted to see that hummingbird go back in the time room, go back from an egg to full grown. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. That would have been a lot of money. So? Yeah. So? Frankie, <laughs> so. All of so. <laughs> I want money for them to just walk through it just for a second, probably. No, no, if they would have made it, they would have fought in there. They would have done everything in there. But yeah. and then I wanted to see the um, the Death Eater have a baby head. Yeah, the Beltar head. Yeah. That would have been really kind of cool. Or kind of probably would have been too scary. But like you said, that that would be really effects intensive and expensive. Yeah. And it's, a lot of that is a lot of that is, is it's extra complicated effects work versus this like uh, the room with all the crystal balls because it's a lot of interacting with actual digital CG's crap. Like having brain things wrap around Ron and having them pick up things and things affecting them. Yeah. That it all has, it all takes so much more time and effort to be thought out and shot, you know, especially for that and everything. When you compare it to just having to walk around with wands in the air, mm-hmm. not touching anything in this, in this, you know, room with all the crystal balls, except for the one point Harry grabs the one ball. So? It takes a lot less time and effort and money and everything. Yeah. Well, I was just my ultimate disappointment was in this is a little off topic, but in movie four, I really wanted to see Vila, and I really wanted to see Reed Escheter turn into a beetle. I never got to see that. Yeah. So because of that, I'm happy with anything they put in the movies now. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever drawn? Have you ever drew a Vila, Frankie? I don't know if I've ever seen your Vilas. I've drawn a few, but I've never liked it well enough to you know put them up yeah well i'm just it might be somewhere on, on a blog one of my old posts but i've never really been a huge fan or it turns into something else just some random like mystical spirit <laughs> pixie <laughs> yeah so okay talking oh, about effects okay here all of a sudden poof we didn't get anything we were in this room with globes and somebody's <laughs> yeah. like going along 99 whatever you know whatever and then all of a sudden neville goes look harry it's got your name on it i was like what you know, I mean, if you did not understand what was happening as a theater people, you could just kind of see, now, what is this, you know? Yeah. But then they don't have to worry about it because in like five minutes, there's going to be like an all-out battle and the whole place is going to come crumbling to the ground and they're just going to forget all about that confusion. Yeah. <laughs> but you're totally right. It's it's like they just stumble upon the room of 100,000 of these globes. Hey, they found Harry's just lucky walking around. <laughs> well, no, they went to the they went to the to the row to find Sirius, and so they were in that vicinity. Well, yeah, and he's Harry like, did have then, right. So. But did we ever know from Harry's little vision that hey, it's that row, whatever it was? No. Well, he knew a row number, but that's it. Well, and then you know, I mean, it was a nice shot how they went in. They you know, they used that door with the globe, the handle on the door, into suddenly it transitioned it right into the globes, which was a nice effect. And I thought that I gave David Yates props for that. But then all of a sudden, but I just thought it was like kind of all of a sudden and it was Neville that said, "Look, Harry, it's saying your name." I just thought, well, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I mean, it's nice yeah. to give Matt Lewis some lines and Neville, who I adore, but it just seemed kind of just, what? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm yeah. just nitpicking because it suddenly took a turn for the much better when all of a sudden. <laughs> <sighs> for the worst for the kids. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> well, I suppose that's one way of looking at it. You have to break it. some eggs <laughs> you make an omelet, John. <laughs> yeah. 
But his entrance was so fabulous. It was totally Lucius. The way he came in, you had to learn what's the difference between, you know, whatever fantasy and reality. And when he says reality, and he takes the whips out that wand out of his cane and it reveals his mask. Yeah, I like yeah. the fact that he wasn't hiding behind a mask. He just how arrogant and cocky he was. It was it was great. It was like, completely Malfoy. Find out who I am. Yeah, because yeah. he was he doesn't see these kids as a threat, so he's like, I don't wear a mask. Yeah, well, and then in the next movie, he's like, dope. Uh, but that <laughs> exactly. but, but that that's indicative of what the Death Eaters is is their arrogance is that they don't think anyone can be you know, and and it's their arrogance that's, true. that's their downfall. You know, I mean that's Voldemort's downfall yeah. is his arrogance. No, exactly. You know, but that was so sweet though. He pulled that thing out, and I was like, "Go!" And then I was like, "Anyam?" No, it wasn't Anyam, but it was Bellatrix, right? <laughs> Bellatrix. <laughs> I think there's a big difference. I know. I know. Just, just that oh. cackle. Like, Anyam. <laughs> you know, just the, ma- the oh, the w- wicked, wicked witch. witch. Sorry, I'm trying to be clever, and it didn't yeah. work. But one of the most, one of the most beloved aunties in history. <laughs> besmirched them. No, I was just saying her cackle. <laughs> you know, like that she was, yeah, it was totally that laugh was just, I, what I'm on my head because I'm a goofball, I flashed right into the Wicked Witch of the, you know, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that's all right. It's okay. So Harry's got the globe. The Death Theaters are coming in. What are, what are six kids to do? Yeah. Let's blow the place up. Let's bring down every single globe in this place. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of stupid. You didn't know. I mean, how did they know all of a sudden and the count all of a sudden ready go to do all that stupefy, all that stuff? I mean, how did they know? I guess you just. I mean, they probably chatted about it beforehand. They probably were all like. uh... I don't know. But in terms of a cinematic experience, again, for someone who hasn't read the books and just you're supposed to be watching this as a film, it just seemed kind of like, oh. They all instantly knew. Well, they did it in the DA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess with the with the wooden. um, With the dummy. Death Eater dummy. That goes. (laughs) Does what? (laughs) Oh yeah, they were practicing. That's him rolling over to attack. A little. Squeaky wheel. I like that. It does. So So they they run away from Captain Hook and his cohorts, Mm -hmm. and they fall down this door. Um, where they're <laughs> I enjoyed that, even though it was completely random. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it worked because I like Laurent's comment. Department of Mysteries I got that right. <laughs> I think I remember remember hearing from some kind of interview or whoever they said like the I, the purpose to that was that the idea was that the room was messing with them because it's like you know the room of mysteries, all these mysteries everywhere, or it's like the room. The, the door leads to nothing, and then you fall, but you don't hit right. the floor. And I don't know, right. random. Yeah, it's just weirdness. it's one of those um, wild cards that makes sense that a writer has at his expo- like disposal because like honestly they didn't have time to waste like on exposition of where they're going, so they just went through this door, fell down, and since it was the Department of Mysteries, quote unquote, they had the yeah. freedom just to be like, hey. That's what it does, because it's mysterious, quotes again. Well, and it's a magical world, of course. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just one of those. I think it worked well, and I, and I actually enjoyed it. Can, can, can I just say that? All that Ginny's Bombardio, or whatever the hell she did to, to knock all those, those things down. I mean, wouldn't that noise, just that noise alone of those thousands upon thousands of breaking glass, wouldn't that, don't you think that would have gotten ours there, or ours there, a little bit sooner than... You think they'd have some security cameras or something down there? I mean, you know, it's such valuable stuff, and they're sitting here, like a like a like a bull in a china shop, pretty much, knocking everything over. 
there was, I was impressed by some of the spell work by these guys because they, they got a few good Petrificus Totalises right. out. And right. uh, I liked when Neville. Um, I mean, when Luna complimented that Neville. Oh, she goes. That was yeah. Nice. Well, Luna got a face full of something. She was the only one to really be bleeding at the mouth pretty yeah. good there. Cause, cause our girl is tough. Luna. Go Luna, man. She's, she, she has yeah. no fear. Luna would totally have been like my best friend if I was at Hogwarts, cause we would have been the same house, same year. Oh, yeah. cool. Aw, that's right. Wow. Mm, BFF. Wow. I was, but I, I was, I was just remember initially being surprised and like, oh, good, they're actually you know showing blood and stuff. They're not gonna kid up uh, our battle here when it, when it showed like all the all the wounds they they got and as I I remember sitting for the uh, the interview with her at at the set and they bring her in and her handler whoever is all like now we just want to tell you straight up nothing happened she's fine this is her makeup for the scene because she has all like the blood and the scrapes and things on her face <laughs> and they were, <laughs> were trying to make sure we all understood that you know they we don't beat just brought her in there from like a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she took ten minutes too late uh, on lunch, so and, she got um, flogging. <laughs> she did. Yeah, she got whipped in the back. Okay, so now we're we're hang- we're suspended in the mystery room, and then we see it. The long we did not know how they would envisualize it, the arch. How did you guys envision the veil? It's hard to think about that now that we've seen that. It always happens to me, but hmm. I remember being shocked when I saw the picture of it originally. Mm-hmm. That it. But then it making making sense. It's so old, and it's been there for so long. It should be made of stone, and it shouldn't be pristine. I like how part of it's broke off. Originally, like, Stonehenge with a curtain. Yeah. And then I really like their interpretation, though, because it, it was a little more gothic and a little more elegant. And yeah, then and the, still, the veil being, curtain. like... But it did remind like, me, Almost like this membrane between two worlds was interesting. Yeah, but it did look very stonehenge though. I meant the way that they did the, the sides and the pillars yeah. and stuff. It, so, yeah. Yeah. I just thought I was expecting more of a coliseum thing, because I just remember or an amphitheater more than than what it was ended up being, because there was, like, boulders and stuff. I mean, during the course of the battle, when mm. my yeah, favorite... Yeah, it was on a big platform. Yeah, yeah. it just... Because it didn't... Didn't they say? Yeah. Didn't Joe say one time it was built around the ministry? Like, they built it around it. Yeah. That would make a lot of sense. It would. It would. But that's one thing I really want Joe to explain. You know. I I still want to know about the whispers. Yeah. And like, why well, only certain people heard them? It'd be different if everyone heard it. No big deal. But just the fact that certain people could makes me really curious. But weren't weren't they the same people that could see the Thestrals? No, because Ginny did, and Ginny couldn't see the Thestrals. Yeah, that's creepy. I, just think I, I, I thought it was something to do with people who had like known certain things or something in their lives, like is Jenny being possessed and everything in her first year. Oh, maybe. Like similar to what kind of effect the Dementors have on you. You know, you know what it, I always thought in my own head because I'm a goofy too. But I was just thinking that maybe it's you had to be open and willing to accept that there are more things than like Hermione couldn't do it because it wasn't in a book. Her her ability to accept the unknown is not as great as like say Luna's you know interesting that makes sense and, I, I can see that and so because the death is an undefined thing it is an unknown for all of us until we've experienced it I mean you know really I mean we can technically say okay we can you know by science you can say okay at this point when your body's no longer functioning you are dead but that experience what happens on is is is, is not known so maybe that's it's life's greatest adventure yeah yeah exactly right I don't know. But anyway, so that, that whole thing, I wasn't sure how to expect it, but then then all of a sudden here comes 
Lucius pops back up again, and then everybody's with the Death Eaters. Oh. And <laughs> poor Neville, um, did you come? Um, did you remember that? <laughs> What's her name? Bellatrix has that thing in his ear. <laughs> yeah. Then they like she actually heard him. Yes. She, he actually like heard his eardrum or something. Yeah. Wait, she put the. Why would in you put eardrum? it in his ear? You dumb, <laughs> crazy lady. Was he trying to scrutify his ear? I don't know. I guess. So what did you guys think about that scene when you're watching it, though? I mean, did you feel that it was... Because it was a lot different than... I don't know. Oh, it's just convenient that they happened to bring exactly enough Death Eater <laughs> for how many kids were there. Very convenient. <laughs> like magic it was. Make a, make a big circle around them. Bellatrix was a little different for me. Because in, in the book, for me, she was very much... Like, she reminded me of a snake. She was calm and collected. Yeah. She wasn't all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. And like so, I, I, she just seemed very, very like you know. But in the movie, it's just it's she's just as evil and just as maniacal, but just in a different way. I never imagined her that way, being so like <laughs> crazy. Yeah. So it was a little different for me. My experience. Do you think it's like, because I oh. think it's just what Azkaban did to her, and that was how she interpreted it? Because I mean, she had to do the crazy maniacal breakout of Azkaban. But I think you're right because I think it's a, it makes for a scarier character when there's less craziness, like you're suggesting. Just because, especially if you look in the seventh book, like she, she owns that house, that manor. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not even hers. It's, yeah. You know. Yeah. And like she's she's she she you know she's know what she's doing. And so I just don't see her as this eccentric like over, all over the place. She's more. Yeah. I think she could be like she's Gaga when Voldemort's around, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not I, I like. I really liked her interpretation of the character, though. It's, it was just yeah. different than I expected. So when she was there. It was like, I didn't really, it was a little distracting, is the right word? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking out of turn. Well, I think I remember reading an interview and they said that she had to tone it down because I speak especially later when Voldemort was there and in the scenes that are later on, you know, she was really, because Joe had told her that, you know, that the, she was sexually obsessed with Voldemort. I mean, obsessed in every way. Yeah, I remember you know? that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. No, yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine what this... Awesome. I would have loved to see those outtakes on that. Those would be good to see. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, God. <laughs> Please. That'll be fun to watch. What is One thing I'm really looking forward to seeing in Deadly Hollows, yeah. if they do it, is that very first chapter. Yeah. When they're all around that table and oh. Gary's up there and they're all chatting and all the interactions with Bellatrix and Voldemort and yeah. Malfoy's. Yeah. Awesome. I really hope they keep that in. Me too. I love scenes when they, they just let the adult actors go at it. Oh, absolutely. And now that they're doing two movies, please, please give them more to do. Give them time to do. And you'd think they'd have to. Oh, yeah. Well, they'd I would hope so, too, to. because honestly, all technically, when you boil down the story, all the adults really have are the beginning and the end. They book in the, mo- the story because the chunk of it is the three of them running about. And they meet a few people here yeah. and there. You know what yeah. I mean? But it's pretty much at, at Gringotts and, and then Shell Cottage and then... Yeah. And then Hogwarts and the beginning part, the manor and the burrow. Well, I mean, yeah. to waste the talents of those, the, the caliber of those actors, is. you know, for that scene especially, they could really, that could be really, oh, really intense, intense, you know. And, amazing. Uh, and to start the movie off that way to like, for like yeah. general audience to be like, oh. hey, you didn't walk into a kid's movie this time. No, absolutely not. Hey, look what you walked into here. I mean, can you, you know, because Fines is such a brilliant actor. He's so superb at playing that, oh, you know, and, and just him and Rickman in that scene alone could just be. Oh, hell, I, I almost forgot that Rickman's in there. I'm yeah. just thinking you have. Oh, that's you right. Have, uh, Jason Isaacs yeah. and uh, 
uh, what's her name for Narcissa? And Pal- uh, Pal- McCrory, yeah. I mean, just yeah. she's she's pretty. If you've not seen her act before, she's exceptionally good. She's very good. I mean, it's just another quality oh, actress. That I would have been really cast. curious to see her as Bella. Yeah, me too. I can't wait. I think she'll do a good job though. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and Lord knows all the other actors they'll have as the other Death Theaters mm-hmm. will be amazing. Mm-hmm. They're not going to put weak people in those spots. No, but okay. Yeah. It'd so be cool we, if Joe yep. made a cameo as uh, the Muggle. Charity. The Muggle is Charity. It would suck because she'd have People to die. Have suggested that, but I I think it'd be fun because <laughs> she's just there hovering. Oh my god! I would be all over that. But people would freak out because she's so recognizable. Like, oh no, Joe! <laughs> Get down! Oh, don't do it! <laughs> They'd hate that snake, uh, that's for sure. That'd be awesome, oh, though. No. I mean, everybody would be, like, screaming, like, <laughs> it's like in the Rocky Horror movies when you scream out loud. They'd be screaming yeah. out loud in the middle of that. That would not be good. <laughs> oh, okay. my God. You know, I have a feeling that Joe would love that. Yeah. I would, I mean, just be like, yeah, I got, you know, eaten by a snake and killed in my own, <laughs> my own movie, my own book. That'd be awesome. Didn't we joke about Charity like, when, we, when we interviewed her on the show about... How torn up we were about that. Yeah, we were joking about because that was just after we were just talking about how oh we were so upset about Fred and we're like yeah whatever I was you know more upset about Charity <laughs> Burbage or whoever she was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like okay. Uh, Okay, can we finish this? Because it's battle. Can we just talk about this battle? Now, yeah. we did the commentary before, so Frankie, I want to hear your opinion of the big stick of Mad-Eye Moody. <laughs> I cannot stand... <laughs> Mad-Eye Moody in the movies. I'm sorry. It, it, so much so that I didn't really care too much when he kicked the bucket in the book because it, it took so much, and, I, and it's horrible, and I'm going to get, like, hate mail, and I apologize, but I just really do not like Mad-Eye Moody in the movies. And his little, boom, Death Eater yes. dead. Mm, Death Eater dead. He should just walked around the room stomping his cane, and Voldemort would have died. No. <laughs> I mean, it's just... He needs to be in that stomp dance, stomp the yard or whatever. (laughs) What if he could paint it body blue and be in the blue man group? You know, my problem is I am such a Lord of the Rings fan. And when Gandalf did that famously with the stick, with his staff, and then then I could not help but just like... I. I actually burst out laughing when he did that, and I really should not have because that was not a, like a humorous scene. But I was like, "No, no, 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 no! You're not Gandalf, you know." You're... Yeah, yeah, because like Gandalf did it. That's when you shall exactly, not pass. Exactly on the bridge of Casa Doom. I mean, yeah, that way yeah, there was yeah, a yeah. presence to it. It wasn't that he just honestly was like, uh, you're, "It's like whack a mole." <laughs> he was like, he was like whacking the Death Eaters. Bunk, 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 bunk. <laughs> well, how many did he kill? I, I don't know. I saw like the one, maybe yep. two. It's Still, just, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess I guess they wanted to do something cool with it, but it just seems. And even even more so, seeing what they did in the special features with like the um, on the DVD with the the wand battling and like the right. wand choreography, it's like they they put so much thought into it, but then he's all <laughs> uh, dead. Uh, I don't know. Do you think his stick is similar to the sticks the Durmstrang kids had when they were walking into yeah. the Great Hall? No, those are cool. They they make magic. Yeah, and so everything. maybe it is. Maybe maybe it must be. You know. stick magic yeah. I mean if they actually explored that a little more I love the idea of using other instruments magically than yeah. wands like yeah. having magical staffs and stuff I think that's awesome but 
That's just so random. I just did it at that one spot. He knocks his yeah. I, I mean, yeah, oh, wow. that would be neat. And, and then he even did it when he got into Grimald's yeah. place. Open. It was like. Yeah. No, no, no. That's a good point. Good point. Duh. But then, I mean, and, but, and then, you know, because like, and then poor Sirius before he, you know, good one, James. They really. Well, Sirius <clears throat> sucker punches um, Lucius know, first. Awesome. Or almost sucker punches him, but he's yeah. like, get your hands off my. My godson, whoever. yeah. Mm. Boom. Yeah, and he punches him. And he's like, oh, snap. And then everybody starts operating <laughs> <Snap>. in. <laughs> oh, shoot. No, you didn't. <laughs> and then Lucius loses the prophecy. Uh-oh. Crashes him And that's down. what co- well, that's pretty, pretty big. big. And it was just like kind of yeah. like a well. <laughs> uh, I love the operating. And they, all, they operate and like they're so confused. They're like, where am I? Where am I? Right. And she, comes in, she's all, does, she looks so like bewildered. <laughs> <laughs> and then... And then you have Kingsley, who like comes down like a god. Yeah. He has his he has his oh. He's like, oh, I am the power of Kingsley. I channel you into this battle. Voldemort's it's god like, style. I, I wanted the the summon Pikachu there for a second. <laughs> throw throw in the the, the R Pika ball. Like Kingsley. Kingsley, oh. I choose you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kingsley, 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 <laughs> oh Alyssa's wow! gonna come back and she's gonna kill us. You've <laughs> done it again. <laughs> <laughs> she likes Pokemon. Oh, Frankie, that was funny. Oh my god, you too. Oh man, that was great. Nope. <laughs> okay, and then they fight, and then the privacy breaks, and then. And, and then I was fight, not sad because during the book, I was so upset. I literally threw that book across the room. I was so mad at Joe. I'm like, no, I refuse to accept that Sirius was gone. Mm. And this, here's this, yeah. that thing could have been so powerful. And all of a sudden he's like <gasps> frozen. And he just kind of like. And yeah. I, so. Well, I don't like how he got AK'd first. Uh, I mean. Yeah. He got AK'd and then he was still alive yeah. enough to react. Yes. Yeah, it's almost like he got AK'd, so the veil's like, oh, now that you're dead, I can take you. Come here. Whoop. And then he floats yeah. up all la-dee-da. I would not want to be fighting anywhere near that yeah. thing, number one. Exactly. But, I mean, because uh, like, even if you didn't know what it was, your instincts would be like, uh, uh, no, you know. How cool was it that Lucius, though, was fighting with like his king yeah. and his wand? He's, he's that was cool. Definitely. They got disarmed yeah. twice. He's, he's very... I love how, I love how serious like, it does like, the underhanded uh, yeah. wand movement. Yeah, it was fun. it was almost like they're watching them fence. You know what I mean? It, there was an art form to it. And right. I really enjoyed the right. The well, they did work the it out. I mean, the two of fun. them. Uh, there was several interviews with both of the actors and how they enjoyed working with each other. I mean, it's too bad because I mean, they're both. I mean, especially Gary Oldman, who's an you know. <laughs> too bad one's dead. Yeah, too bad. One's but in jail. but uh, so that yeah. scene. But so they did do some choreographing. And a lot of it was improvised too, where you can tell. But it was really good. I mean, that part. Oh, but it cool. was too brief. You know. No. I mean, if yeah, we didn't have to cool. deal with the stick of power, then we could have had more of that. It would have been more fun, you know? Seriously. That was Not interesting how they used the the apparition effect for them to, like, also be kind of existing in 
and like being able mm. to chase each other as their apparated va- yeah. vapor kind of forms because we saw a few shots of them twisting around each other like the black smoke and the white smoke and I enjoyed that that was kind of fun it was kind of like what exactly they, is they, they understand the magic so much they know how to put their feet in both yeah. worlds type of thing yeah they have one one tele- like cool. you know it's like they're half teleporting I enjoyed that yeah. it's wild okay now that Sirius is dead and uh, Bellatrix did it that's when yeah. Harry runs out <clears throat> yes so like, yeah. I killed Sirius Black. Yeah, and, then she, and so, so she comes out there, and then that, that's when it's interesting, because all of a sudden we're back in this main hallway of the ministry. Well, explain to me first, though, why Lupin was just like, no, Harry, stay here, stay here. Oh, yeah. you want to yeah, go? Yeah, he just right, let go. him go. Why, why did he just let him go? Honestly, what good could come from letting him chase them? No, no, no. It, Harry, at first he was holding back because he was going to go through the veil to get serious. And so he, he's like, no, don't go through the veil. He's gone. He's gone. You think? Yeah, because he was like, oh. serious? No! But it was muted, so I would mouth it right now, but it doesn't work on a podcast. Why would Lupin let him just... Why did Lupin <laughs> In the movie, it makes no sense. Because it's a movie, and right. they need him to be right. alone and vulnerable. But in the, you know, you don't have the emotional connection. You don't understand why Lupin is so distraught as he was in the books. He was just... You know, yeah, yeah, that's true. Because we don't know yeah. that they were and like you don't BFFs. you don't understand that that whole that you know because I and I, I as much as I love Prisoner of Azkaban, that whole the importance of their friendship was not I don't think was developed, and they didn't carry it through the rest of the movies, and no. so you know, yeah. Well, I mean, also don't forget that you know there there could have been more of a relationship there than we were ever privy to. Anyway, so so let's move on. I mean, it's kind of convenient that he ended up with somebody who could change her appearance to anything or anything. You know, we're not going there. We're just not. So we're no. (laughs) You don't think? No, not at all. So okay, so okay. No, we're you know that that whole scene was. I was very disappointed in that part. I have to say, I just was expecting more of an emotional punch. Or I've been hoping. I I mean, I knew it wasn't going to happen, but and then so. Well, I know what you mean because honestly, with how they handled Cedric's death, oh, was much more oh, incredibly um, poignant. So. You know what I mean? And 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 I'm a, the hugest critic to the fourth movie. Like I'm not. I don't like. I, I like. I I really love the last twenty minutes, but other than that, I but didn't that really whole care scene for. with his father mourning yeah, my least favorite over his of son was just oh, yeah, it was great. That's one of the only yeah. parts I've ever cried yeah. at a Harry Potter movie. It was. It was very powerful. It was that moment, I'm pretty sure. And so I don't think your expectations yeah. were unrealistic because, like, part of me, I think we were just subconsciously yeah. expecting something of that caliber, especially with someone more of a right. poignant character right. as serious. Yeah. But, but that's the thing. It's not, it's not powerful in the books because it's a powerful way to die. It's powerful because right, we care exactly. about him so much from the books. But how he was set up in the movies and so seldomly seen and so you know you don't you haven't really developed as much of an attachment to movie series as you right. had to book series and and if anything it's they spend more wears. time on his death in the movie than they do in the book i mean in the book he gets shot by one spell he's flying through and he's gone but in the movie there's there's a moment to have it get hit get oh my god did i just get hit oh my god look at harry <laughs> Oh, oh my God, God, take a breath and then fall back and have a moment for right. Harry to look at him and everything. But there's, it happened way slower in the movie than it did in the book. And that was to draw it out, to make it more dramatic. And it's not necessary in the books to make No, and anything, it's that even more effective out. because of how, how quick and sudden it was. Exactly. And that's exactly what Joe said in an interview. That's what she wanted. She wanted it right. to happen fast because 
I wanted right. it to be real life. When people die in life, it's not always this big, prolonged time to say goodbye, no. time to settle all your emotions about it. It can be sudden yeah. and 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 awful and just ripped away from you in, in a second. And that's exactly what she wanted when she when she wrote that exactly for serious. So, but not that dramatic yeah. movie movie death. That was um, just Harry runs off. And then he's the going to do what? <clears throat> Bellatrix is suddenly terrified. He yeah. doesn't. He does. Bellatrix's lips are quivering he does his first at this unforgivable. point. Yeah, I remember everybody's like, "Oh, Harry should never do an unforgivable." Remember that when when Phoenix right. came out the book and people were all disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. I I never had a problem with that. I didn't either. It's just I think unless they're going to introduce spells of equal power that you can use if you're good, then let them effing let them use the. Uh, well, the I didn't want him to do. I did not want him to do the AK. I really did not. And well, I, I yeah, I think that's a. It's a good point. He didn't. Right. He, he, he ended up AK, using the, the Expelliarmus charm, which is what did it. But um. Mm. Yeah, but that, that whole that whole cliche thing about superheroes mm-hmm. never ever having to kill. Is annoying. The What's whole like, they, they, like 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 Spider-Man, for instance. Like he doesn't kill the guy, but the guy falls on. And he's know, still he responsible for his death. I mean, he still contributed to like, what actually killed him. Yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man like, kills even girlfriend. even Peter Pan. It's like Peter Pan doesn't kill Captain Hook. Captain Hook flies away, and then he falls in the alligator's mouth. It's What's just a always. I don't know, but I, why? It's like the good guy can't be a good guy if he actually vanquishes the evil guy. Evil guy needs to somehow do it to himself. Batman, he he's killed before, but Superman tries not to. It's just a matter of preference. Yeah. It's just odd. It's like no just yeah. like you're watching Narnia recently. How it's like it's fine in like the quick battle if, you know, Peter will slit somebody's throat or show a mouse slit a throat or whatever, but if it's a calculated decision, like, hmm, do I kill the guy now that I've just been battling him and he'll kill me at any second if he wanted to? Or do I, you know, throw my sword on the ground and walk away because... You know, it's interesting you say that because this leads right to what happens next in the movie. When when we hear, you have to mean it, Harry. And and, mm, and do exactly. you want to be able to mean it to, to do these things? And is that a question? If you mean it, does that mean you're bad? And that, I think that's a very deep philosophical mm. question, you know, which is you're getting into. Yeah, and, then I get, and like in the seventh book, when Harry uh, Crucio's the Death Eater for spitting in uh, McGonagall's face, he, he even makes a comment of that. Like, she was right, you do have to mean it, because he, he felt the power mm-hmm. of the fact of meaning it, you know what I mean? And so yeah. it's like, yeah. that was an interesting little scene. But that whole thing of Bellatrix, and then her yeah. face, that is an actress right there, though. I mean, her face, the way she just changed. When Bellatrix is on At the ground, point? yeah, she goes from she that terrified, terrified co- cowering on the ground to just yeah. that change of that enamor, just, ah, he's here. Yeah, it was just. Oh yeah, that was good. She's good, but. And then we have the entrance of finally. Finally, (laughs) who? He's all like, "I am a BA, and I'm coming through the food for some reason, and not my pet phoenix, which would have been way more (laughs) BA." Thank you, John. But uh, instead, that's all right. I really wanted He's to like, see Fox swallow like, Oh, the what's up? And Voldemort's like, oh, no. But he called him Tom. <laughs> I totally Tom. have it on right now. Sweet. Yeah, oh, that was awesome. Just, I loved that. Yeah. Hello, Tom. Is, is this, though, John, one of your favorite scenes, though? Is this right here? Did mm. I miss up the part, the sequence? Is when he bats it down, he bats it away? 
the the stick. Oh yeah, yeah. When when <laughs> Harry raises his wand to Voldemort, he's like, "You idiot!" Pam. It's like it's like Harry's like, "But I have to kill you in two years. I have to at least be able to get a spell off now." He's like, "Nope, you're just like a little wrong. fly." He's just right swatting him down. I, just... I know. Yeah, exactly. All all of that effort, all of that, you know, practicing. He has no chance if he was just another regular person mm-hmm. trying to fight Voldemort. I remember being so critical of this before Deathly Hallows came out. Yeah. Oh, because like, Voldemort essentially destroyed himself. Yeah, yeah, completely. That's what it I is. really yeah. enjoy about the story. But, it, you know, Fines is so, I, I hate to keep harping about how good he is, but he is. He's just so good. I really enjoy him. And he took that, he does gestures with his little, you know, he he makes that little swoop as like he's so elegant, like, okay, come deal, you know, face the music. You know, and he just it takes that one arm and he just swoops yeah. like that. And it's just those little subtle things that he does that just capsulates Voldemort, his arrogance yeah. and his just oh, I'm so good. Look at me, I'm so suave, and I'm just you know, and he's just so obs- blinded by yeah. his own greatness, his own talent. He's just so oh, and I just thought oh, that yeah. scene right there, just those little little things like that. I really look forward into, and I love it. Sweet. <laughs> That's oh. awesome wand work in this scene too. Like I love the first spell that that yeah. Voldemort no, that 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 the first spell Dumbledore oh. does. He whips it around Brilliant. his head first, and then he. It's, goes for the spell and it was really just watching the, how they do the spell work was awesome just kind of like it's like they understood the you know just the the foundation mm-hmm. the basics of magic rather than yeah. it's almost they there's only one like there's only one spell cast but it just kept being bounced back and forth and converted almost yeah, you know yeah I mean? that was really it was well really done really cool until Voldemort makes a fire snake which the is fire snake sweet. the huge fire basilisk looking thing and Dumbledore's like oh darn that's big. And what does Dumbledore do? He just chopped its head off or something? He cut the head off a fire snake and then blew all the fire back at Voldemort? Yeah, he kind of broke the enchantment on the fire that made it yeah. a snake and then used the fire. I mean, all the own. elements were involved. Yeah. It was, it was extraordinary. It's, it's I mean, how they went from fun. the fire, from the heat, to the water, to the sand, to the, you know, I mean, all, all the earth, you know, yeah. all the different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember reading about when they had to uh, do yeah. the water effect and how... You know, they're so used to doing water, mm-hmm. CG water, that actually obeys the laws of physics and everything. And they had to, you know, break all those laws to have it make this, you know, anti-gravity kind of sphere-looking. I mean... Oh, so awesome. And, and I love the little awesome. the little sound effect with it. The little, yeah. Yeah. And then when Voldemort's hand, like, uh, Dumbledore's mm-hmm. hands, how he was, like, shaping it. Yeah. Oh, so I, I I mean... A clear. I, I really felt that Gambon was really was really Dumbledore, and and Fines was really Voldemort during that scene. I really felt like I was actually getting the real characters oh, yeah. for once. I mean, and 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 it was so. Oh, but the totally. way that the filmmakers used that back and forth, like you said, and just that transition was just such. That's why you understand why they they cost so much money to make these movies because it's so evident right there, and it was so good. And to watch that in three D, woo wee, yeah, ah. Uh, yeah, God, it was, it was nice. amazing. All the glass fragments flying off the you know the windows too. Especially, what's that, that one shot? Just the, I don't know how long it took him, but I was reading about how Voldemort's face, you know, how it like came out from like that, it, you know, it like trains. I forget what that shot is when he when his face looks like to a snake to a glass or something. Uh, Voldemort's face, 
Which one? Like, well, I think it's right when he starts in and he comes in when he's the entrance, just alone, you know? It's like his head merges and it's long and it's all glass. And... Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I the... mean... Yeah, that was really cool. Wow. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know how long it took him to film that whole scene, but it was just so... But then, can we talk, though? And Frankie, this is where I want to get your opinion, because I know John and Melissa had a long contention about where about Harry in this scene when we did the DVD thing, but what, how did you feel about Harry being in the scene? Kind of just... In what, in uh, what respect? Uh, how he's all... When he gets possessed and then he's trying to talk to Voldemort and he's like, I feel sorry for you and you'll never know friendship or love. And um, It seems like he hadn't had a chance to develop those kind of feelings for Voldemort yet. Like those feelings that happened later after he watched all of the memories from Riddle and everything that... that I th- because... Him. Okay, because of what they showed prior about Harry um, reminiscing about his friendships and all that jazz, like seeing uh, Harry, I mean, seeing the trio in the common room and whatnot, I bought it because it's kind of like, it wasn't that he saw what Voldemort lacked, he just saw the beautiful things that he had mm-hmm. and knew that, because, you know, I guess you can argue when you're possessed, you, you're equally sure, like, you know... He's in your mind, so you're in his. So maybe he yeah. just saw that there wasn't anything there that resembled that to him. And so yeah. I, th- it was, I think it was necessary because it needed... To, that was a big growing up part for Harry. You know, it wasn't... Yeah, it's his biggest it, growing up part. Yeah, because like it's, he, he, pity, it's, it's, he went from fear to pity. And that's a huge, yeah. huge step and leap and a huge point in character. And so I think they needed to... I just thought it had happened sooner at this point than it would have ha- than it happened. Oh, in the movie, that like it happened sooner in the movie or, or sooner very in the quickly. Book? Sooner in the movie, I, I didn't think it happened at all during Phoenix. I thought in the book. Oh well. Oh, uh, I see what you mean because of him uh, when he went back with the pensive, mm-hmm. with the memories. Yeah, see, I, I need to watch that scene afresh, and I, I would like to read that scene one more time to just to get a better understanding of it but it didn't um it didn't bug me and i think he did a pretty i think I did too. radcliffe did a very good job oh, you yeah. know you know because like yeah. it was i bought it and i was like wow yeah. it's crazy i loved the usage of uh yeah, flashing back to the old movies yeah that was awesome that was really cool to see and that made me happy it's like that's this, this is why mm-hmm. we keep the same actors for everything this is why so we can go back well, it's nice because they, they're like so meticulous about movie. keeping the continuity. Now, like it makes a point because yeah. they're using it. It's a good. It's I just really like that scene. I like the interchange between Fines and, and Radcliffe. Like you're saying I thought he held his own, and I thought it, I, and I I really felt sorry for Harry. I really, I, I really was moved, and I just mm-hmm. thought that whole scene was. And I thought they, I didn't think that whole possession. Scene, I thought it was really well done. I thought the effects on him being possessed were. I um I remember we had a feature on it on Rising Sun, I think out of Australia is the one that does the effects on that and it was so good yeah. I just thought it was really good it was like frozen and quiet moment but it was mm. really intense and I just I really liked it I just what exactly was Voldemort doing there did he freeze time in that small you know the... vicinity I just think it was one of those things for a movie it was convenient because in a book it, that's just like mental dialogue and exposition that the character's feeling and so like and you can't really it would be awkward to have him just stand there and monologue like a soap opera and so they made it more so obvious yeah. and so poignant that it was intentional with him like freezing time and, and like yeah. Harry Potter you will lose everything. It just made it more Yeah. 
intentional, I guess. No, I mean, that's sense? true because this is such know. a monumental thing, even though it just might have happened in a short period of time. That was a good way to emphasize, you know, like the importance of that moment and just kind of, even though it was fairly quick, I guess, you know, the book. I mean, that was a good way to, to demonstrate it. So then and then. That was plenty for Woo! our giant yeah. mass of Phoenix Files this week. We're just yeah. anxious to be done with the Phoenix Files, to be honest, guys. <laughs> so that's why we flew it. But next week, we'll go through Dumbledore spending all this time to yeah. wrap up everything that happened for us and give us a good uh, 20 <laughs> seconds of explanation. 20 seconds. Telling us everything. And, um, and then uh, Harry will get the, a new broom and freeze frame <laughs> off to the end of the movie. No, huh? never. Oh, no. that I hate the ending. Of that movie. <laughs> well, it ranks it. up there with the Haggard so, one. So. Oh God! Anyway, we love I Harry really Potter. enjoyed the ending on this one because we never saw King, uh, the station. What, what's that station? Honeydukes Station, or what is it called? Honeydukes, or the train station? Honeydukes is candy. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Brain fart. Hogsmeade. Hogsmeade Station yeah. on that side. I really like. We'll save that for next week, right? <sighs> We'll save all that for next week's Phoenix Files, guys. Let's push on the rest of the show. And we're back. Hello, and welcome to the drums. It's time for the drums. Did you enjoy the show? It's been a good show this week. I liked it myself. The show was absolutely fantastic. It was... Bloody awful. I mean, lovely. <laughs> it was... It was smashing. Bloody awful. I would, I'm so used to I saying bloody awful. I hope they don't agree with this. <laughs> I'm so used to just saying that all the time. Bloody awful. I didn't awful. correct it. My apologies. You you sound like oh. you sound like I can't do it because anyway, I have a hick, I have a hick accent and that will just not be not good. But you sound like we can't do it much longer. <laughs> I can't do. I just end up changing accents. I switch between this and like a like a Chinese kind of a. What what are you talking about? <laughs> I switch like, between Australian oh, accent and British Mr. Hammer. Oh, Mr. Hammer! What? <laughs> For some reason, when Joe's talking to Mr. Hammer, she, you know, she's from uh, <laughs> Japan. That was Mr. Hammer, don't do it, please! <laughs> that is. Oh, Mr. Hammer! <laughs> that is oh, so no. bad. Edit this out. That is, you are. <laughs> you are horrible people. That's <laughs> not that bad. It's really awful. Working, it is. I'm working on an animated short about Mr. Hammer. Mr. Actually. Hammer. I want you know to see hammer time. Oh, 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 which are going to help uh, keep this thing rolling and stay on our collective butts to make sure that we put out a new episode of the um, show once it gets rolling, once every two or three weeks. And um, by the time this show airs, you'll have seen our winners of the first round um, of auditions who will be receiving a excerpt of the script and be paired up and um, hopefully by next week we'll be able to play back their second round of auditions for you and we will put together our fun little troupe and it's going to be very exciting and uh, we have uh, hopefully we're going to coordinate with a couple volunteers to even put a little music uh, soundtrack underneath it composed, composed originally and especially for the the uh, the story 
as well as some fun sound effects, and it's gonna be pretty fun. We can pull it off. We're kind of newbies at this. You can handle it. It's cool. We got a lot of good help. The and, uh, it seems like from what I, the little that I've heard from the story, it seems quite intriguing, Ooh. and I'm yeah, quite the- excited to or to um, listen. And if they need a robot voice to participate. Ooh, should we give him a teaser, you guys? Yes. Should we give him a teaser over the story? Do it, do it. I really enjoyed it, but I'm kind of biased when it comes to A little story. clue. Here we go. It's a teaser excerpt of, um, this is not really an excerpt, not the script, but uh, it's basically part of the premise. Okay. Ahem. There is a fountain created by the founders that draws on four springs, one for each house, with spells on them designed to keep the water pure and full of virtue of that particular house. The springs are designed to flow together and combine in the fountain. The fountain serves as a check that the springs are working as they should be and as a reminder of harmony between the four houses. This reminder is purely symbolic, but the children do not realize this until the end and think that for the four houses to get on with each other, they need to fix the springs. The base of the fountain is cracked and the springs blocked. The children assume that this is the problem. So they start coming down in their spare time and mending it stone by stone. Stone by stone. As the fountain becomes whole again, they start to work out that this isn't the whole story. The (gasps) fountain still doesn't work and they realize it was never fully functional. The springs never combined it as they were meant. And they learn from the sorting hat that this is because Salazar Slytherin left and the other three did not have the heart to finish construction of the fountain as it was originally meant. Yeah. Oh. And I think we're getting into spoiler territory Don't here, give so. any more. That's interesting. I don't want to give right uh, there. any spoilers. So, yeah, that's... Don't that's, be a bad uh, movie and It is, for a reminder, this is taking place in the timeline of our favorite Mr. Boy, Albus Severus, in his... Uh, Severus. Severus. Uh, Elvis Severus, his first year, uh, with his friends and siblings, including Rose, and uh, actually, Scorpius. Will Scorpius be a nice boy? Will he be a grumpy, mean boy? Will he be a Draco? You'll have to wait and see and find out in the podcast Acting Troops Season 1 play the season yet to be named. That, that must... Uh, not been named yet. Whatever. We don't have a name yet. Tune in next week, kids. Same Tune podcast channel. Week. Same podcast time. <laughs> That's awesome. I love Batman, and that was that was perfect. Podcast trio. Acting time. Sweet. In the show that way. Do it. That was awesome. Oh, instead of like, bam, pow, it's squee. Yeah, squee. <laughs> Oof. Chipotle. I think, sorry. I think we should have our, um, one of the podcast uh, friends on to, um, to, for an interview next week. I, I think I want to expand the Are You Smarter Than John Noe to give uh, Frack a shot at the answers, too. What do you mean? Oh. Like, do you recall the game Are You Smarter Than John Noe? I do. So like I would have a shot at answering him too, or like we'd be a team. I think I think you can. I think you'd need to be on my team. Okay, we can try that. You know, uh, if you want to play, are you smarter than uh, John and uh, Freck? Piece of faith is my lifeline. 
<laughs> email in <laughs> your uh, email in again at your interest by sending in to step at podcast.com uh, your phone number or your Skype name and maybe we'll have some fun next week something different we have our, so we have to celebrate our last Phoenix Files yes which will be very sad then we have to get back no, to but bit it's by good. bit it's good because it'll give us it'll be gone long enough so once the sixth movie comes out we'll be really wanting to talk about a movie again you know that's true it's just everything Probably has we'll its have a season trailer here but eventually for Wait, I, I have. I would like to, to put protest here. So the two of you are going to gang up and form one giant brain to try and stump our audience. Is that I'll it? I understand that, that my brain is. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're adding, we know we're about adding single digit numbers here to fight a force of uh, uh, uh-huh. hundreds of uh, geniuses. That well, is, I the, could just uh, be like a lifeline type. Yeah, you could like give me like the first letter or something of you the word like I'm looking for. You could like phone a friend. I think I, okay, that would be fine. You could be his life. Yeah, we could. We have different things. But the two of you, you could ask me verbatim, which is like your last resort, and then you can do a rhymes with, and it starts with. Yeah. <laughs> rhymes with? No, we're not doing charades. Rhymes with? I can do rhymes, rhymes with. with. I won't be like Timtardium no. Dividosa. Yeah, I won't. I mean, it has to be a real oh, word. Oh, I can't just like mingle letters together to be like. <laughs> um, <laughs> Malama no, 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 no. <laughs> I am going to call in on this, and we are going to say no to that. It rhymes with. Oh, I was just trying to be creative. You should give us a, a question pathetic. right now. You should Google something. Stumbly dank. Pathetic in your desperate attempt so, to win, John Pig Latin. I do not believe Umble. Frankie. Oh, <laughs> Pig Latin. Grumbly. How do you do grumbly blank? Wait, uh, grumbly. Grumbly. Umble. Uh, I can't grumbly do Pig Latin. Okay, what is Ixnay in real lat normal English Latin? I don't know. Like Nax or something? Nix? Like Nix it? Oh, like oh yeah, that Nix, makes total sense. Nix the talking or something. Oh, don't say dang it, I was trying to figure that out the longest oh. time. And I figured it out on podcast. Nice. I'm well, slow sometimes. Did I tell you guys about the story it, when I was fourteen and that's when I learned how to spell hello properly? I was fourteen no. years old. I thought Five. you had to spell hello, H-E-L-L-O-W. But then I had a friend come in and she had a Hello Kitty bag. And I was like, they spell hello wrong. And she's like, uh, no. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, how do you spell hello? And I'm like, H-E-L-L-O-W. And she's like, no. And Where I felt did you get stupid. that from? Because it sounds like H-E-L, hello, wuh. Not hello, I always pronounce it hello. Wait a minute, and you are a teacher, fun. and you're t- you had education educators that let you get through. Well, so am I, but I mean, did it not get corrected before well, them? I'm really? Just, I have a really horrible time spelling. Like honestly, if I had to spell a bat, like spell something that's difficult for me, or get shot in the face, I would try spelling it right, and but I'd end up getting a bullet in my face because I'm no, really bad. Well. That's a horrible analogy. I'm sorry. It is, but you know what? I, I struggle with this too. But I mean, for me, it's more pronouncing words. Pronouncing words. See, just like that, I botch it all the time. Yeah, I was an RSP like, when I was little and gay. So I was just, yeah. I was stupid and smart. I just balanced each other out in different areas. I yeah. was skewed, not stupid, just you skewed. No, <laughs> you know I, I, mean? I know. It's just no, I no, I had the same thing. I understand that. But hello, kitty. So hello, kitty saved the day. <laughs> you know kitty that right the there day. is rather tragic. <laughs> <laughs> Nor do I like cats so much. I <laughs> know oh, that's it. Oh. They save you. Oh wow. 
That's a oh, little bit tangent. Hello, kitty. Speaking of I cats, mean, tune into podcast.com no. to see more of uh, Frankel, Frankel Doodle's drawings. Yeah, I'll be posting yes. them up. This week, we love your they'll probably be up before you hear this. It's us singing, food oh. asking where Melvin is, Bravo. a golden charity donation, and mm-hmm. superhero cats. Superhero cats. I do enjoy that. My cat, you know, my Bellatrix has a mask. She wears a mask of goodness. A mask of goodness. But she's not Bellatrix. She's just Arabella. Some days she is Bellatrix, but, you know. Is she ashamed to be owned by a Hufflepuff or something? Why is she wearing a She is owned by a Hufflepuff. No, she, well, because sometimes I think she's much more like Bellatrix. Oh. You know, so she's in disguise, you know? Like because she's a Death Theater cat. I think she might well be, but I don't know. <laughs> how many how many Death Eaters do you think come from Hufflepuff heritage? Like their parents were Hufflepuffs, but they want to be Death Eaters. Oh, I see what you mean of heritage, not them literally being Hufflepuff. Oh, I suppose that there's there's I think there's Death Eaters of every house. I do too. I mean, there has to be because yeah, because evil is not just limited to one faction. Evil comes from. You know, as yeah. a choice, I think, you know, within, even though I think it exists and it's out there and it manifests on its own, I think that they, Death Eaters choose to be that way. Do. And it's, it doesn't matter it's, what it's house. A, it's a choice or a series of choices and or compromises you made through your lifetime that just kind of, then makes you more prone to them. So like Death Eaters, they right. weren't born a Death Eater. They just made choices right. and it was a slippery slope and they have to right. remedy it. But, you know, they were, you know. Right. We should have a canon conundrum about which, if any, Death Eaters that we know of could be Hufflepuffs. The Why is my house being singled out? I think the because there's so many from your house, John Noe. You reckon that's so that? quaint? It's just like oh, a Hufflepuff death. Quaint. <laughs> like it's so yeah. cute. Look at him. Look at him trying to be evil. Oh, look at me. Who's the one that always got beat up? The one, the one in Deathly Hallows that got beat up all wait, the time. Wait, wait, like, wait, 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 wait. What? That would be a Hufflepuff. The one that's not very, very effective. I think that's probably a Hufflepuff. Mm. <laughs> I just don't think it's in their nature to be effectively evil. Mm. It's like they're posing. Yeah. Posing. <laughs> I just want friends. <laughs> so, oh, that's mean. You are mean. They're not very selective. You know. You know, <laughs> you know what? I think this is turning quite chaotic. I think my, that's you know, I always think about the house, the house, go, you know, the ghosts. And, and I think that the fat fryer could take you down the at any time fryer. and I'll drink you at any time. Fa- except for the fact he doesn't have corporeal form. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> that's the mere technicality. I just wanted to say know? corporeal form. So that was just an excuse. <laughs> you don't get to use corporeal just... in the proper context very often. So you have to take advantage of it when mm-hmm. you can. You know. Sorry, it was random. For some reason now, I just thought of opening up like a diner called the fat fryer. Or they just serve I a bunch of fried to. food. Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> I didn't even make the connection. That's great. <laughs> I totally, you get French fries and chicken fingers and mozzarella sticks and fried Twinkies. Fat fryer. Uh, all the stuff that people love to eat that is terribly bad for you. But you it's know like what? It probably Fridays. do gangbuster business. Wow. Yeah. Okay, let's wait. Okay, we'll have, we have to make restaurants for each house real quick before we go. So, Fat Fryer would be a fry place, obviously. Yeah. And so, and it has to have beer because can, you know I'm just like saying be, it's my house. It'd be like beer. some fondue joint being Hufflepuff. <laughs> a fondue? No, that's Slytherin that's because just, of potions. Yeah, they brew uh, it. Oh yeah, it, but, uh, oh, Slytherin might be a bar because they have the bloody no, bear. No, because they are not festive. They are not festive. No, I'm, I'm thinking people. like a, like a, a, a creepy nightclub bar that's just kind of you don't want to go to because the lights are weird and people in there are snobby. 
I think Gryffindor would be a steak joint for some reason. And then Ravenclaw <sighs> would be... A steak joint? Like, they're all, like, you know, like... Just, I don't know. It's just kind of... That's very brutal image. For some reason, I, I don't, like, I don't see... I see, like, Slytherin's being, like, this is really uppity restaurant that's really more concerned about, like, it's, like... Like look and feel than it is as food. I just I don't know. Like if I were to ever give Slytherin a negative connotation, I don't see them enjoying food as much as mm. Gryffindors and other people. <laughs> All right, so I don't know what other food. What would be a Gryffindor restaurant? We gotta finish this out, John. Probably a burger joint, maybe. No, oh, kind of festive. I'm seeing like a a college pub type thing. Yeah. No. Mm. Very varsity club. You know, very varsity club. That kind of stuff. Yeah, like a. Like a, mm. a Damon's. What's a, yeah. what's Damon's? Um, they don't have those out here. Like TJ Fridays. Uh, it's like it's like a sports bar. Yeah. They have a bunch of screens up. Everybody plays trivia, and there's like a bunch of pennants on the wall. I, I okay, would any other Americana sports Cluttery-ish, bar. but not yeah. not cumbersome. Just fun. Yeah, a big yeah. big onion loaf. Okay, yeah. Then it, I see uh, that. Okay, what about what about my I love house? onion loaves. I love the onion rings. I mean, but I guess that would be a fat fryer food too. You know, so there you yeah. go. To Ravenclaw, I see like it's one of those like kind of. I've seen these pubs before where they have like a bunch of <laughs> books on the wall. I've maybe like more of a coffee joint. You know. Oh, see that—that's the kind of place I would like to own. You know where you can go, like you, because my favorite things to do is to like go to like to to Barnes and Noble on a Sunday and just like hang out and have coffee and and read and yeah. books and stuff. I think that would be fun to have like a little uh, establishment with books and a coffee shop. I could see a book that. I like kind of thing. That would I be like cool. Books. Yeah, I've been on a Starbucks kick lately, you guys. It's been getting dangerous. <laughs> Not yeah. really dangerous. It's addicting, isn't it? I just yeah. had. My my most recent drink I've been getting is this this the Starbucks double shot thingy majigger, and yeah. it's, the venti has five shots of espresso in it. <laughs> I got your text message the other day. And I've been, I I told Freck I was wired as a snitch, as I drank that old thing in about ten minutes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh man! But anyway, till next time, guys. Keep twiddling those dials. The next password will be. Troop. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night. Good night. Dobby is free. Oh, and about time to. We've missed it. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you two don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs>